This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Welcome back to Sportsbook. Hope you were with us last week for our special episode 50, Golf, Golf, Golf. And we've been golf heavy all summer, but it's time to give non-golf listeners a break. We're going to get a little more macro, get into one of my favorite subjects, and that is athlete endorsement deals. We have a relatively new Yahoo Finance staffer and big sports fan, Adriana Belmonte, with us today. Hi, Adriana. Hi. And let's start off this way. You know, I, I want to use you as a, a guinea pig to kind of gauge this theory I have about endorsement deals. But first, just give us a little bit of uh, your sports background. Who are your teams? You're a New York fan? I am a diehard Yankees fan. Oh, I know. Gross. Well, <laughs> You know what? When you've got it, you got to flaunt it. Um, so Yankees, Giants, sadly, uh, Rangers, and Knicks. Yeah, very homegrown. And did you grow up uh, going to some of these games? Oh, my God, all the time. And apparently even when I was a baby, if my parents changed the channel away from a baseball game, I cried. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate so. that, <laughs> especially in a time when we talk so much about baseball ratings and uh, at-the-ballpark attendance. Uh, well, let's get into it this way. You know, there are some newer news pegs that I'll bring up, but but let me start. Uh, it was a couple months ago. Oh, no, it was only a month ago. It was uh, mid-July. There was a story I covered and, and found really interesting, and that was Uniqlo, the clothing company. It's actually a Japanese company. But they have, over the years, made a select few sports partnerships. They've sort of dipped a toe into sports. For a long time, one of their big endorsers was Novak Djokovic in tennis. Djokovic left, uh, his deal ended, he's now with Lacoste, and Uniqlo announced that it has signed Roger Federer, which, you know, first reaction, well, that's big, big score, Federer, you know, globally famous, uh, and they are reportedly paying quite a lot. It's interesting to me, it's a 10-year contract, starting right now when he is most likely at the tail end of his playing career, so to me, that's a bet that he is going to be a big name for years to come. But there's a guy that I often quote, use as a source, uh, find to be insightful. He's an analyst named Matt Powell. He's very contrarian on Twitter, has a big following. Uh, for example, famously, he denies the Kanye effect on Adidas, thinks Kanye has done nothing to boost Adidas. Most people who love sneakers and like Adidas disagree. But his take on this was, silly, waste of money, stupid. He said, uh, notice not many screaming teens at tennis matches. Which, of course, is true, but I don't see why that necessarily automatically equates to this being a bad deal. Then he also tweeted, Uniqlo is a teen retailer. Fed does not appeal to teens. Major disconnect. So I guess I'd start there and ask you your take, both on Roger Federer specifically, but do you think that when a brand signs an athlete to a deal, it actually has an impact? I think it has the smallest bit of an impact because you were talking about for example, the Kanye effect with Adidas, it, you know, people say it doesn't do anything. Maybe if anything, it's like a little supplement, but it, they're not going to hinge their entire, I guess, life expectancy on one athlete or celebrity figure. So, I mean, it helps. It doesn't it doesn't take anything away. But to base all of their success on one person, I think, is just completely inaccurate. Have you noticed any specific either athlete or celebrity tie-ins with brands that did actually get you more interested, catch your eye. Uh, the one exception that Matt Powell mentions is Rihanna and Puma, her Fenty line. She says that's what he says. That's one of the rare examples where a celebrity spokesperson really did create directly a boost in sales. 
I mean, honestly, with Rihanna, she's just such a unique individual. I think that it's definitely fair to attribute the success to her. But, you know, for example, with other athletes, um, I know for my brother, he is a huge basketball fan. He likes Nike because he's a huge LeBron fan. And I know he likes Kyrie Irving. Um, and so that's why he tends to lean t- uh, more towards them. As for me, I'm, I love Adidas and I hate Kanye West. Um, Interesting. <laughs> and uh, so does their association with Kanye at all hurt your view of Adidas? No, because I like the quality of the sneakers. I like their style. Nike, I don't like that their logo is, you know, all over it. I like the subtlety with Adidas. So that's just a personal preference for me. And this is from somebody who is a sports fan. But to me, that's not all that's important. I think you're right to mention that difference in branding, by the way. Our editor-in-chief, Andy Serwer, was just saying the same thing recently, that when you walk into a sporting goods store and you do go over to apparel, the Nike stuff, it's super bright colors, which has done well for them. Uh, There's even a shade of green that, uh, I forget the exact name, but I think they trademarked it, and it's like the Nike neon green. It's iconic. It's representative of Eugene and the track stuff. But it's very loud and in your face, and it's branded. And Adidas, for the most part, I'm sure, everyone can find exceptions on both sides, is a little more muted. do you agree with that? And then is Under Armour on your radar? Under Armour is there, but honestly not for sneakers. I like it more for their, you know, the running shirts, uh, stuff for working out in, but their sneakers just don't pop out to me the way that Adidas and Nike do. I think that they are the dominating forces in that area. But, you know, Under Armour still can have a role in other areas of active wear. Um, and I do agree about the, you know, the subtlety versus the boldness. That it's just a preference thing. It's funny how deeply affinities for brands go and how long they last in life. I'm with you. I, I prefer Adidas to Nike, although I prefer like New Balance to both of those. And I think that's probably just because New Balance is a Massachusetts company. I've known it my whole life. I used to wear those, you know, I think they're called 574s, whatever their most iconic, like cushy sneaker is. Nowadays, and I'm a little older, I actually feel like they don't look as good. And I'm not sure I ever realized that when I was in high school and college, but they were comfortable. And I'm not sure why I don't love Nike. I just, there's some feeling there for me. Maybe it's because it was always the obvious thing, the number one, the, the biggest piece of the pie, the, the one that everyone likes. And so it felt a little bit different to prefer something else. Yeah, and I think also with Nike, I don't like the fact that, you know, when I wear it, I feel like I have to be doing something active and physical. I don't feel like I can wear it in an office. And, you know, Adidas allows you to kind of do everything. I've worn it, I've worn it to work all the time. That's and athleisure. Exactly. And there you go. Exactly. So I think that's where they go different, but in a good way on Adidas's end. Yeah, athleisure uh, is a trend that has not gone away. <laughs> People were sure it wouldn't last, and it has only grown. Uh, separate but interesting topic. We'll have to have you back on to talk about that. Uh, you mentioned your brother being a, an NBA fan, and you said he likes Nike because they have LeBron, they have Kyrie. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Nike because, you know, the idea of Jordan and Jordan brand, which is owned by Nike, Jordan brand has something like 95% of the basketball sneaker market share. Uh, but in the larger U.S. sneaker market, Adidas has stolen a lot of market share in the last two years from Nike because of its good product pipeline. But that's sort of the, the iconic signature shoe line, I think, is, is eventually going away. I mean, Jordan is the example. Now, LeBron is the only other person who has this what's called a lifetime deal. In fact, when Nike announced, uh, I think a year ago, a lifetime deal with LeBron, it was the first official announcement, but everyone, you know, it's, it's believed that Jordan has the same thing. But you'll almost never see that again, and it's because the model is kind of shifting 
away from that. Uh, there's always the risk of what if the athlete has a scandal? What if there's a DUI? And actually, we were talking about Under Armour. Under Armour at first saw a big boost thanks to Steph Curry, especially you know when they won the first when the Warriors won their first title. Uh, and now, unfortunately, the shoes have not sold well, and Under Armour is way down now. Of course, that's due to many factors, but part of it is that basketball performance sneakers are down as a category. But I just think it's a reminder. I mean, you can have the best athlete roster, and I think Under Armour has some of the best sponsored athletes, not yeah, just Curry. Yeah, they've Tom Brady. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big Brady guy. As a New York fan, you might dislike Brady. I don't know. Do you, do you hate Brady? I hate you him. Grudgingly I loathe respect. him, honestly. Okay. But you respect, or no? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they also have Michael Phelps. Uh, we'll have him here in the office at Yahoo Finance uh, in a couple weeks, actually. You know, they have um, Bryce, Bryce Harper. Yep, Clayton Kershaw. Jordan We've got a Spieth. lot of great athletes. Yes, yeah, Spieth and golf. And yet, that hasn't helped them move the needle. Uh, Under Armour has just had a brutal past two years. So I think that lends credence to sort of the endorsement deal being a thing of the past, maybe. You know, and it's also interesting because I was like, com- I was comparing it to Adidas, and I noticed that both Under Armour and Adidas seem to be very diverse in the kinds of athletes that they have, like in terms of the star athletes. Like Adidas has Messi, Harding, Correa, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Chris Bryant. And then meanwhile, Under Armour also has a pretty wide array of uh, of athletes and yet adidas has been able to do something differently and it's working for them and i'm just curious to see what it is specifically yeah it's funny that you mentioned the different array of athletes because adidas with carlos correa with harden their marketing campaign that they began two years ago this push was creators they say oh we we handpick athletes who are creators on and off the court on and off the field is that just marketing spin or do you kind of buy that given the names they do have marketing spin. I think it's all marketing, honestly, because again, how do these athletes differ from each other aside from the different sports that they play? You know, you can go, you can break it down and analyze it for hours, but in the long run, I think it's just purely marketing. Yeah. And actually, um, another great sort of endorsement news peg was recently Puma made a return to basketball. Uh, They relaunched Puma basketball. They actually brought on Jay-Z as like a consultant or an advisor, and they signed a bunch of the best uh, draft picks right before the draft and you know three of the four guys they signed indeed went one two and three and one of them said like in a post or in a radio interview outright they said someone asked him oh why'd you sign with puma and he said the money the money's there and it's like let's not even pretend anymore then it's just about money but uh to bring it to the reason i thought we should talk about it this week body armor which is a competitor to gatorade it's an energy drink. It's made with coconut water, so they try to market it as a little bit healthier. But, I mean, all these energy drinks, you know, they're not good for you. I mean, there's, there's always water. But uh, Body Armor sold a minority stake to Coca-Cola. That news came out just this week. Uh, it is thought to mean that Coke could eventually just buy Body Armor outright. But for now, it means that Coca-Cola owns a minority stake and can also distribute it. And to me, there's an interesting story here and a great example of how endorsement deals have shifted. And that is that all of the athletes who are body armor, I don't know, ambassadors, whatever stupid marketing word they use, and that includes Mike Trout, Rizzo, Mookie Betts on My Red Sox, James Harden, Porzingis, and actually Kobe Bryant, who has been with the company since launch, all of them are also investors. So they hold an equity stake in the company. So it's just kind of interesting, uh, and I don't know, you know what you think of that athlete roster, but to me, that is the new model. I mean, if you're a LeBron James, if you're a big star athlete, you could take a fee from anyone and and just slap your name on something or appear in an ad. It's more involved and probably more lucrative in the long run if you believe in the product to get an equity stake. Yeah, because in the end, I think the players are 
just like everybody else and the fact that a part of them is selfish you know they want to know like what's going to be in it for them in the long run and you know endorsement deals are great but you know if you can get even more in a return in the long run then I think it's even more worth it so I saw for example there was something with Shaquille O'Neal he said he's made more endorsements and yeah. actually playing over the years yeah. and you know that's basically become his livelihood and if that's what you know these players can turn to after they retire then why not right I'm really glad you brought up Shaq because the the next topic I wanted to discuss is the idea of this small select handful of former athletes who once they're no longer playing anymore are still in high demand they still appear in ads brands still want to be involved with them I mean, that is rarefied company. You've got Shaq in there who has been in ads for, I mean, you name it. But the one that comes to mind to me right now is Ring, which sold to Amazon for a billion dollars. Uh, Charles Barkley is in ads constantly. I mean, DraftKings just brought on Charles Barkley to advertise its new sports betting app. I mean, it's unbelievable how, how present he still is. Which athletes who are still playing do you think guaranteed will enter that pantheon and can still be bankable, marketable after they stop playing? I'll give you one, Serena. I mean, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, years ago I would have said Tiger Woods, uh, but obviously that's different now. Uh, but maybe. Uh, well, he's still golfing. <laughs> that is true, and he has brought massive ratings. Um, uh, for baseball, though, I would say, I'm, and I know we can. This will probably start uh, for another debate, but Mike Trout. Because I think he's so loved, he's so popular, and, you know, if he chose to do so, I think he could continue something after his playing career comes to an end. So that's, that's really interesting because, of course, right now, there, yeah, as you say, <laughs> there's been this kerfuffle over how, you know, the pretty much objectively the best player in baseball really isn't well-known outside of baseball. Um, he's not popular outside of baseball. And is that his fault? Is that the fault of the league? Is it anyone's fault? Should it be a priority? I mean, when we see these negative numbers about the popularity of Major League Baseball, you start to think, well, why doesn't it kind of market and promote its best players more? Uh, to me, part of it is I just don't think the charisma is there with him. But that doesn't have to be a knock. I mean, why isn't it good enough to be a really, really good player in your sport, maybe the best player? But, you know, I, I would sooner point to guys like Bryce Harper, maybe Chris Bryant, Mookie Betts on the Sox, Francisco Lindor, uh, guys who have some kind of interesting, unique, funny thing about them or they have big personalities. I don't see it with Trout. I don't know. I guess it really depends because there was the whole uh, there was the whole thing during the All-Star game, you know, when they got to interview him about, uh, what was it, the the weather, I think it was? Yeah, something. Yeah. Um, so they got to talk to him. Um and, you know, if they talk to him more, I think they can really break him down more. I just they don't can draw it out. Exactly. And I think the problem is he just comes across as your regular Joe Schmo that, you know, people just kind of give up and they're like, OK, I'm going to get my standard response from him. But I think if people actually took the time to, like, you know, really interview him, really feature him, you could probably see more of his personality. So I think there is potential there. But I do agree. Bryce Harper, you know, maybe Mookie Betts if you, uh, or Francisco Lindor, people like that who have a lot more energy are going to have a bigger following. Yeah, that's interesting, your answer, too, because it, I think it puts a little bit of the onus on the team, too. I mean, people say, oh, Trout, he doesn't put himself out there. I mean, the team should be doing that. The Angels should be doing that. But also, obviously, a, a popular retort here is, well, he's in a small media market. I mean, he's not. I, I mean, it's it's... You know, it's a California team, but it's it's Anaheim. I know now they call now they go by the LA Angels, but it's like no one cares about the Angels. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you put Trout in New York, then it could be interesting. Uh, the popular answer among the staff when we talk about the face of baseball, which is a fun debate we have, 
is Aaron Judge. I know where this is going. Yeah. It's Aaron Judge. And to me, it's like, I guess he's the closest thing, him or Harper. Uh, But I also think one could argue that there is no real obvious face of baseball right now and that that's a problem. I agree. I see it with Harper because of his star caliber, but he's and he has grown since his you know rookie season. But he was just so immature at the time. He was going. He's continue. still pretty immature. Right? He is. He <laughs> is. But I think he has evolved. I still like the bat flips, though. I mean, that's a debate for another day. Um, so he definitely has the energy. And then Aaron Judge has the Derek Jeter aspect in terms of the humility. You know, being yes, a great example. He plays for New York, so it's a huge media market. So I would definitely say those are the top two competitors. Choosing one above the other, I think you can make an argument for both. And the fact that there isn't a clear one, it does say something about the state of baseball right now. Is baseball your favorite sport? Unquestionably, yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, when we talk about people who are the face of their sport, we can go back to basketball, and it seems unquestionable that it's LeBron. LeBron. And we've been talking about LeBron a lot lately at Yahoo Finance because he has made all these new media deals. It's like, you know, he signed with the Lakers, and before he even starts his first season with the team, he has gone Hollywood. Uh, he has shows coming out this summer on Showtime, HBO, and Stars. Uh, any risk of LeBron becoming too saturated? Are people going to get LeBron fatigue? What's your take on him, not just as a basketball player, you know, great basketball player, but outside the court? I think what he's doing, he's a smart businessman. He is in it for the long haul. He knows what he's doing. He's, you know how people have a five-year plan. I honestly think he's got like a 25-year plan going on right now. And in terms of getting sick of him, it's not going to be the same way it was when he was leaving the Cavs. His contract was up for that first time and he was in our face constantly, which isn't his fault. It's, you know, it was more the media. So I think nothing can compare to that time. Um, but here, what he's doing, he's kind of covering things outside of basketball, like different areas. So, you know, you might not see too much of him if you're just focused on basketball. You know, if you're interested in other things that he's delving into, then maybe you might get sick of him. But that's really, I think, individual. Are there any other NBA players that impress you, compel you, that you watch closely, that you think, I'd like, I like seeing them in ads, I, I believe them, I like them? I mean, I know this is probably classic answer. I like Steph Curry. I, sure. I, I And I love watching, you know, him with his family. I think he's, like, a great family man kind of example. Right. I mean, you can make that argument about plenty of other players as well. But, you know, he's star caliber, so he's got a little bit of both. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of him, but I understand why the focus is more on LeBron. Right. Uh, let's wrap this way. NFL preseason has begun. We know what we'll be talking about all too often this season in terms of politics, in terms of the drama, in terms of ratings. Uh, But as a Giants fan, yep, thought so, usually goes Yankees-Giants or Jets-Mets, what is your feeling as we head into another Eli Manning season? Uh, Who do you like in the NFL? Uh, Okay. Well, I like the fact that they got one of the top draft picks because, you know, if something good had to come out of their horrible season last year, it was got the top draft Saquon. pick. Saquon. Yeah, Saquon. And he, and he looks incredible. Yeah. He's going to be outstanding. I'm unless excited. he gets injured in, like, game two. But. I'm really excited to see him. I finally am excited about a season getting off to a start because the last few have just kind of been watching out of obligation, but now I'm actually watching because I'm interested to see how it turns out. We'll give it a few weeks and then take it from there. Um, But, yeah, uh, I think they're exciting finally for the first time. I'm so happy that they're 
coach from last year is out because he was just toxic to the team. I couldn't believe when they benched Eli just as a, you know, for one game just to prove a point. Just the public reaction alone was, it said it all because of the fact that people know the Giants weren't good, that Eli wasn't at his best, but the fact that they were, like, that he was being benched, everybody knew that it was messed up. Right. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, if I have to make a Super Bowl prediction, I think Pat's Eagles rematch is very possible. Of course, you would say the Pat's. I, I hope we get it. Yes, I would. We'll see about that. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Adriana. Great You're stuff. You're quite welcome. Okay, that was Adriana Belmonte. She is an associate editor with us at Yahoo Finance. Just started recently. Big sports fan. Follow her on Twitter at Adriana M Bells. Check her out. And we want to hear from you about what endorsement deals mean to you. Maybe nothing, if Matt Powell is to be believed. When you see an athlete you like in an ad, does it make you more likely to check out the product? Yes or no, we want to hear it. What do you think of Body Armor trying to take on Gatorade? Comment, tweet at us, whatever you want. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Sportsbook Podcast. We've passed the 50-episode mark, and we're going to keep chugging. We come out every Thursday morning. See you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.